welcome, welcome to this third episode of the Female Sex Podcast. Thank you for finding me. This one, I'm not sure what I'm going to call yet. It is probably molecular economic terrorism or molecular economics or genoeconomics. <laughs> you might help me decide that one. Or anyway, <laughs> it's too late. I've already come up with a name. But this one is all about molecular economics. We'll call it that for now. And, you know, I've talked about melanin money, but now I'm going to talk about molecular money. I've touched on it a little bit, how money is being backed or will be backed by DNA. That's going to be the new resource, um, the gene standard, as opposed to the gold standard or oil standard. And so I wanted to touch on a little bit of what I mentioned in previous podcasts, but expand on it a little. Um, Something came up today that I don't know the full details of it, but I'm just hearing that Nick Cannon lost a child and um, my heart goes out to the mother. And the reason I say that is because I know that Nick Cannon is owned and controlled. This woman might be too, to some degree, but I suspect that she doesn't know exactly what the agreement is. But I'm sure that Nick Cannon is fully aware of what he has consented to, what he's agreed to, and so on. And so he found himself, if you can recall, in quite a bit of trouble Um months or a year about a year or so ago where he found himself in some trouble and where he had to kind of negotiate his way back and he made the rounds making apologies and he made several apologies for several months um and then shortly after that he had maybe four children in a very short span of time and that um, I don't have confirmation at this time, but I have um, a very high source telling me that or reliable and high source that this was part of the agreement for him to have children um, and to offer up those children for genetic research. Now, Nick Cannon, as you may or may not know, has lupus or has uh, struggled with lupus and lupus is a type of autoimmune disease. And so if any of his children were showing signs for that, they were all genetically tested. And if they were showing signs for that, then they would, the first baby or any one of those babies would be um, offered up for the research. And unfortunately, this baby was the unlucky one. Some may be allowed to live a little bit longer and they may watch them and so on, so on. Okay. Now, this is um unconfirmed it's all allegedly it has not been um verified and it may never be verified but this was not an accident and um, nick cannon knows what he's doing and it's unfortunate that uh this child had to be um had to pay uh, be sacrificed for this uh, for these um experiments and this research But that's his thing, you know, everybody was cheering him on, talking about, oh, he's a family man and he's having all these children. But people don't understand that Nick Cannon made an agreement to offer up his children for a sacrifice. 
And so that's unfortunate. Now, I've just touched on that because that wasn't part of what I was going to talk about, but um, it blends kind of into this whole idea of these um, genetic investments that you can make investments with your um, genetic or with your progeny. You can say, I will donate my DNA in the future. You can make, um, you can barter with it. Like I said, you can invest in it. You can put it out for a loan. Um, you can offer it as um, collateral on um, on mortgages in the future. You will be able to do anything with your DNA. If you sign or assign away your DNA or make certain promises with it, then you can get a return on that. You can get this currency or fiat or crypto or digital currency or whatever they're going to be using in the future. It will be backed by DNA. So if ever you want a house, for example, you can just say, yeah, I will offer up my firstborn child. Now, this is something that you might have heard in fairy tales or you know, in in folklore or whatever. But now it it has always been... Um, it has always been something that was done. It's not necessarily lore or legend. And so this is something that is now making a comeback where you will definitely be able to say, here is my DNA. And I promise as long as you pay off the house, for example, then your genetic material will be supposedly returned to you. Okay. So you can, people can hold your genetic material in trust and so on, so on. So we look at genetic material, like I was saying before, and I was a little facetious about it saying that, you know, people are just picking their nose and spitting in tubes and passing it to other uh, private companies to do whatever they want with it. And they don't really think about what it is that they're doing, but these are sole contracts and they are, um, I, I don't even want to say the word. I'm not going to say that word, but something having to do with blood, okay, and writing these contracts um, pretty much in blood. And so when um, I talk about digital currency um, being mixed with this um, or tied into this digital ID, that's what's uh, where it's how it's going to be backed up. That's where it will get its value. And so DNA um, and DNA databases are going to, um, there's going to be a proliferation of these. I remember watching this news um, story when they first came out with the Omicron uh, variant. And there was this woman going through all the, the, this whole entire database to kind of go back to check to see uh, if any of the samples that they had collected previous to the discovery of Omicron had contained or had been one of these variants so they kind of went a little back into their database to kind of verify or, or to recheck um, the samples that they already had and you I mean you could imagine because of all of the people who get tested all of the time but their database was full it was a list of like names upon names or not even names but numbers upon numbers which represent people's genetic data so you can only imagine um, the, the amount of people who have been vaccinated, that's one thing, but that's not even the most important thing. The most important thing is the number of people who have given up genetic samples and where these samples are sitting now. Um, in Canada, we have something called Genetic Non-Discrimination Act. And I, of course, you know, um, it's not lost on me that these people can just make up laws and take away laws as it can, as 
um, it conveniences them, you know, as necessary for them to pull off their little schemes. But as it stands right now, there is this act that exists that prohibits um, any employer or anyone at all to require an individual to undergo any kind of genetic test, which includes a DNA test, molecular test, or a chromosomal test, um, or to use that genetic material with or without the without the person's written consent. So technically, in Canada, people are not even um, supposed to be pressured to give a molecular test in order to. Um, uh, receive a certain service uh, or product and unless they consent to it so uh, right now people are being stopped at the airport and they're being asked to submit to a molecular test now this is not even to receive a certain um, product this is just to enter back into the country where they live and this act is very short there are about six or seven paragraphs of it um, I'm sure that they will be expanding it and this is probably the best opportunity to expand it including um, some talk about genetic data privacy management and who controls and owns your DNA and so on so on and how long they can hold it because now these people are submitting to these tests um, it's not for a product or a service, and I'm sh not sure why they're even doing it. It is not legal to stop someone and to uh, force them, um, it, it to detain them until they give up a sample. And so it is I illegal, but of course these people are doing things that have been doing something well they haven't actually they haven't been doing anything legal because everyone has signed attestations they have signed affidavits to um they have submitted to the tests and they had options they they either had to leave their job or they had to submit to the test and they chose to do it so it's not illegal because they sign a document before you do these tests and even now if you do the at-home test even more than just signing the document now you are on camera doing doing it with a nurse and so it is recorded that you gave permission to do this so no one right now is doing anything illegal and that's why I said at the beginning I haven't taken a test I never will take a test um, and I don't really have to because I'm not legally required to do it and Honestly, I'm not consciously required to do it. I don't have, like I said, I don't have allegiances to anyone on this planet uh, and not like that. And so I'm not obligated to do anything. Um, uh, if anyone wants my genetic data from this point forward, it's going to, I mean, of course, I've given blood in the past and I've actually, you know, encouraged women to go get tested before I knew the value of DNA and the value of genetics but um, now that I know what I know I would never do that and I would highly discourage anyone from doing that especially females now I know that I t I did mention that you know that I don't want to talk I, I never said I didn't want to talk about it but that I, I am going to use these so-called um, pandemic whether it's the virus or the testing or uh, the passport or so on to prove a point and that's because every time you talk about it it's almost like oh here we go again we're talking about the virus again oh we're talking about the passport again oh but that makes you lose sight of what's actually happening and what's happening right now is a mass collection of this resource and so you know you can't really sleep on that so I'm going to use it as an example again <laughs> and um and now I forgot what I was going to say so now I'm going to have to come back to that one um so 
Now we're going to be moving into, as I've mentioned before, this uh, era, this digital era of um, digital currency, virtual existence, so on, so on, and molecular money and melanin money. And when I talk about molecular money, of course, I'm talking about the money that's backed by your genetics, backed by DNA. When I talk about melanin money, it is this graphene-based or other forms of uh, synthetic melanin bioelectronic devices that are going to be um, integrated into the skin. So biometric biometric devices that are going to be integrated into the skin and that can be used as, you know, as verification or, you know, just to add a point of entry. For example, if you need to go through a door, you can use your um, biometric tag, which is graphene base or synthetic melanin base. And um, the same way you would with a wristband or a key card, you can just use your um, biometric device quickly scan it and go on about your way, quickly pay with this thing. And so that's going to be integrated into the human genome, into the human body or form or whatever. And genome, I suppose. So I have, like I said, I was tongue in cheek about a lot of things and I laugh about it a lot because there are a lot of technologies that are, it's almost cartoony or you know it's far reaching it's out of there it's like if they're really doing it it doesn't make sense to be doing it now when we have so many other priorities in front of that and you know if they're not if it's not real then why are you lying about that it just doesn't even make any sense like I never this anyway I don't want to talk about that but when um when I talk about biometrics, um, things like biotechnology, you know, wearable tech, nanotech, nanorobotics, and I was talking about nanorobotics. I remember when my son loved robots when he was younger, and um, I explained to him about nanotech and how you can make teeny tiny little robots. And this was, I, I made a YouTube video about this back in 2016 about nanorobotics, and now that's a growing field. It will become a growing field where you can make really tiny robots that can fit inside of a human cell. And so that type of things, biotech fusion, like I said, these um, uh, biometric devices or um, devices integrated into the human body, these are going to be obviously um, expanding um, in production and use and so on. And this includes the design and programming and coding and maintenance of these things. So when we talk about tech and the future of tech, obviously it's going to be an integration of tech um, and the human form. I've always said that it was never the intention to create robots that act as humans, but to create humans who act as robots because man can never, ever recreate uh, what nature has created. I... YouTube sent these um, recommendations from a channel that focuses on human anatomy. I think it's the Anatomy Institute. I should have written that down because I really love the channel and it's interesting to watch. And so I would recommend it. Maybe next podcast I'll mention it. But I've just been watching these videos about the human anatomy and I'm just fascinated. Like there, I can never lose interest in the human body just how it was designed how intricate and complex and yet so simple and just everything about it is so incredible and there is no way ever that man could ever replicate this thing and so I know they gave up on that a long time ago they're showing us that they have these robots that can act as humans 
on the outside, it's possible that you can create a, a robot that can. But on the inside, if you knew how many uh, cells and nerves and wires that are just in, and, you know, these um, fi fibers and hairs and so on, like the things that your body can do is just incredible that there is no way that man will ever be able to replicate it without actually like that's why they take genetic material so they can take it and then build from that but they will never ever be able to duplicate that and so the goal is to create now to integrate these devices into the human because they've pretty much given up on trying to create a an artificial or an android type robot that can um that is like human um or that could be anything comparable to what the human can be now the, the most fascinating part of the human is is the blood um and there youtube was also recommending this rob steiner i believe his name is rob steiner i could be wrong about the first name, but I've noticed that there have been several um, black black YouTubers who have mentioned his name. And so that obviously tells me that YouTube is sending this thing out on an algorithm. But then it, I was suspect about something that he had mentioned. And one of the things that um, was a red flag for me was something he mentioned about humors now and it just told me right away that obviously they're sending a, his information around because some of it was based in fact and observation of course um so i wouldn't take that away from the man but there are other things about him that were false and that he didn't understand but that a lot of science as we know it today was based on a lot of what he has said and his teachers and these types of men okay that men that don't really have an understanding of the human body and a lot of um you know as you know it, the medical field or um, hippocratic uh, medicine was mostly wrong and, and med medieval um, techniques and beliefs about the human body were completely wrong and so where we are right now what we're doing right now with modern medicine is is savage it's like they don't know anything or they didn't know anything before they decided that well we're going to control the whole thing um recently i went back to reading the nutricide book that i had um for a while but you know i was just reading chapters here and there but i never sat down and read the whole thing um from cover to cover so recently i went back and i started reading it a lot of the things they um it, it's it's real but it's hard to prove it just the way he mentions it and if it's in a book i would expect to see a few footnotes here and there but in any case i'm not here to discredit any of what he said but what he i think what i'm talking about now what he said about um the european forcing their um way of medicine or their practicing medicine and they're forcing it upon other people even though their form of medicine is savagery and that they don't understand the human form well enough to be um, 
doing what they're doing. I'm not going to quote anything Dr. Leila Africa said. It's right here in front of me, but I, I just want to know that if I mention anything that might sound familiar to you, it's because I this is something that's fresh on my mind. I had just written, read the book. And so when I talk about that, it's not, I'm just saying it's not my original thought, but it is true. It's something that was in my line of thinking. I believe very much that the body can heal and repair itself and modern medicine says no. Modern medicine says you must take um, these uh, foreign substances, these um, artificial substances or substances that they contain a small bit of the medicine like homeopathy, for example. You'll take a little tiny drop of a certain plant and then you'll fill it up with petroleum and sugars and all that and then you're, you know, you're going to get a little bit of the medicine is going to help you, but it's not going to do anything because you're eating more sugar than anything else. It's like birth control pills. You seven days out of the week, you're just eating sugar, sugar pills. And that's why a lot of people gain weight because they're introducing glucose into their body. And the medicine is just wrong. There's everything wrong about it. Even when you get, okay, I'm going to take a vitamin D. I'm going to, and they say vitamin D is great for you. Take vitamin D. Take all these pills, these um, omegas, you know, three, six, nine, or whatever. And then uh, when you're taking it, you're taking it, but you take it in a petroleum capsule. And so in, no matter what you try to do to try to heal your body, you're always going to get a little bit of the medicine, but maybe triple the amount of something that is going to be harmful to your body. So modern medicine, I just don't trust it for that reason. It's just really bad. Their technique is bad. Um, and so, but anyway, so back to this Rob Steiner. So he was talking about the four humors and this was something that came out as a red flag to me because it didn't make sense that, um, hearing this man, he's saying that the four humors were connected to, um, spirituality. He was talking about the four humors in a metaphor, metaphysical sense. And, you know, like the blacks just eat that stuff up, you know, they take on this, uh, Hindu, culture that was watered down and given to them by the European and so eastern culture that was um re or interpreted and then translated and then um offered up by the European and this is when we when you hear the blacks talking about the kundalini energy and the chakras and this this and that we're talking about the human anatomy and it would serve us well to learn about the human anatomy and how it works and instead of you know wasting time on all this gobbledygook <laughs> i mean it's a great starting point but it's not somewhere where you want to get stuck in that loop i was talking about this metaphysical loop right because um, the body is so, it's about the body. So what I was talking about, it was about the blood and humors are all about the blood. So Rob Steiner, or is Rob Steinem, I don't remember the name, but he was talking about the four humors connected to these four levels of consciousness or whatever the man was talking about. But the four, these humors, what we know as the humors, they're all in the blood like the uh the fl and the, these humors were what they used to categorize the races so they say phlegmatic is when you're talking about the phlegm and this is the black people and then um yellow bile you're talking about the yellow people and then you have black bile and then you have uh uh what was it blood but all of that is blood all everything that goes into your body is 
made from the blood. The blood is your defense system. It's your um, immune system or yeah, it's um, a filtration system. It's a detection system, like whatever comes into your body, your blood is going to detect it. Um, it's going to filter it and get it out, get rid of it if it doesn't need it. Um, and it's going to create white blood cells if it needs to protect your body from an invader and so on, so on. I do go into the blood and all about the blood um, on my sacred blood. And so if you want to know more all about the blood, then you want to check out the last um, session that I just posted for download at mysacredblood.com. I'm going to drop that in there now <laughs> and leave it there. But um, it's all about the blood. And so when when the European was still talking about these humors and had separated the blood into these four different things, it's like they didn't even know about it yet. And as much as they've cut up the human body, I think it only overwhelmed them, overwhelmed them to the point now where they are after everything they've said and everything that they've convinced the world of now they're kind of in in panic mode because now we know so much more about the human body and they, now they've seen more and it's almost like we really have to clean up our act and get our story straight because this narrative is falling apart and that's what i was uh talking about before that the reason why we're going into a virtual reality and an augmented reality is to cover up the lies that have been told. When we're talking about Build Back Better, they have to because they, this thing that they built was shoddy, this, um, this economy. So th when we talk about economy, it's all based on the survival of the European. And right now we're studying this, or we're about to study this in, in homeschool and why the European decided to scramble for Africa and why today the Chinese are being um, let in on it. We'll say that. Um, this is, that's probably for another day. So I'm going to leave it for another day because um, economics is a little complex. But just to understand is that this, these resources have to be tightly controlled by these people because they are afraid to death of not having access to, to it. When they came from Europe, they had nothing. They came with nothing um, but people. They had Slavic people to offer as Slavs. And so um, maybe some iron, um, but they didn't have much to trade. And so they um, took it by blood. They murdered for it and they didn't have any other option. They had to be savage. They didn't have a choice because it was either savagery or death. And so their survival has been dependent on other people's blood, uh, other people's resources. When we talk about fruit or the juice from the fruit, we're talking about blood. When, when we have, um, I was reading about um, nationality and it was by juice anyway i don't remember the, i don't even know why i brought that up but when we talk about the juice of the fruit we're talking about the blood of the fruit so in french the word jus is juice j-u-s so um the juice of an orange is the blood of the orange or you know the juice of the apple is juice of the so when we talk about juice we're talking about the blood and so these people have been uh ruling um by sucking the juice out of everything so when they get the resources or 
these um, fruits or from these plants, they're just sucking the juice or sucking the blood from everything. And that's why people are, excuse me, that's why you hear people like Bob Marley equating these people or calling these people vampires because they have been that, but they have been that for their own survival. And I think I've talked about that in several different podcasts. Sorry, but, um, you know, it's just a quick reminder here that it was all about survival. And so economics is based on that too. So if the economics is not, anyway, we'll get to economics in another podcast because now I'm going off. But when we talk about, um, this new molecular money or this genetic, um, money backed by genes, now we're going to have to start talking about the laws to protect that information like um and who's going to come in or what new roles are going to come up so let me take a quick break here and i will be right back All right, all right. 
So I just had to check up on that word that I was talking about, and it's Jews sanguinis, so um, nationality by blood. I was looking up um, if I was a Jamaican or, or, you know, if I was, if I could claim Jamaican nationality. And yes, I can, because it's, I can claim J- Jamaican nationality due to this concept called Jews sanguinis, so nationality by blood. Anyway, I just had to look that up. I hate when I have something on my head and I can't remember it, but... So when we talk about these, um, now that um, genetic data will become money, you're going to have to add that into the economy. And when you add something into the economy, you now need laws and regulations and systems in place that will help to control these things. So right now, we don't know, or I know it because I'm currently... I'm currently um, looking into genetic data privacy management. It's something that I'm interested in. I don't even know if the field exists, but if it, if it doesn't exist, because I've been looking it up, who controls genetic data, and I can't find it. And so I decided, let me create it of, on my own. And so I've been just working through this matrix, how I would create something like that. Um, even the, the simple fact that I'm even mentioning it now means that there's somebody already trying to create what I just said but you know I I am a dark worker and I've said that I'm not I don't I have ideas for a million years I was talking to my sister about that like I have ideas upon ideas that I could just throw away like even if I live to be a thousand I couldn't complete all of the ideas that I come up with so there's no way that I expect to get any credit for every single idea that I come up with and so when I talk about genetic privacy management systems, like these things have to be in place. So whether I create it or not doesn't matter, but I am working through my own just to see what something like that might look like and what role I might play in something like that, because it's a very interesting um, field right now and it is necessary. You need lawyers who are going to be, uh, who are going to need to be trained in genetic privacy and um, uh, genetic security and you're going to have to create databases that are highly secure like right now we're talking about ransomware and hackers and you cannot have that you cannot move into this molecular economy when you have all of these vulnerabilities and that's what I mean like some things have to come before others instead of trying to pretend like you're going up into space or pretend like you're going into Mars, leave that for now. Instead of building all these military um, uh, uh, ships or military submarines and so on, so on, let's start protecting the thing that matters the most, and that is the genetic information. So take that and create the infrastructure necessary to keep these things secure, because that's very important, or not even very important is to say the least. And so as we see these new technologies emerging, you're going to see things like um, DNA data analysts, you know, people who are supposed to be there to kind of categorize people based on genetics because people used to do this by race, but race is... Uh, now that we know what we know about the genetics, race is shit. It doesn't even mean anything anymore. You Only the for lack of a better word, retards who are way behind are still talking about um, racial issues because that's that's gone. Once you understand anything about what genes are like, you're not even worried about race anymore. You're going to realize that the people who you thought were the same as you are nowhere near <laughs> anything like you. 
And so you're going to have humanoid um, psychologists. So these people who are, um, once the technology is integrated into the human and the human now becomes something that is on the border of human and um, robot or becomes this humanoid-like thing, they're going to need some type of therapy to adjust to their humanity. You can't just have these things out there um, in the world and not know um, their place in the world because robots will learn on their own. So you're going to need humanoid um, psych psychologists to try to help them work through their existence and then um, or adjust because, uh, you know, they didn't have time to evolve. And I'll get that uh, to that in a second. But then you have to have these people, if you start growing these humanoids up from their children, you're going to have teachers who can teach humanoids and understand um, the differences between teaching a humanoid child and a human child, um, how to integrate the, the two without uh, or how to... Um, to help a humanoid in, evolved in such a way that it doesn't become an invasive species and take over humans, you know. To, uh, the thing about people, I really don't like that I'm picking on the European, but unfortunately he chose the role, you know. the He chose to have the burden, uh, you know. He wanted to control everything, and so you're always going to have to, anyway, whatever, I'm not even going to do that. <laughs> but they seem to feel like every species like in the animal world species live amongst each other but these people seem to think that if humanoids ex if humans excuse me exist then the neanderthals can't exist if uh, and every uh, the species in between human and neanderthal if humans exist and we can't exist um with the humanoids humans and humanoids can't hum oh my god homo sapiens and humanoids cannot exist um together they seem to think that one species when it comes to the human species it's like one has to dominate and kill the other and it doesn't work that way in other parts of the animal kingdom so why do they feel like it has to work that way um it, when it comes to the human species it's it doesn't you know Anyway, anyway, so um, I was just going down the list of the different types of jobs I was thinking that have to exist now. And it's like um, these techno surgeons, so people who are equipped to operate on things like trans people or trans humanoids and so on, so on. You're going to have to retrain the doctors now to be able to work on these people. Um, genetic information and privacy and security management, so on, so on. Um, cryogenics, um, this already exists, um, but cryogenics comes in when you want to now create all of these new humanoids. Um, and to do that, obviously, like I said, they need to take human genes to be able to do that because they can't create their own genes. And so to take the human genes, you have to preserve it and they preserve it using cryogenics. They already do that with um, umbilical stem cells. And so uh, they'll take human stem cells, endometrial stem cells, fetal stem cells, and umbilical stem cells are really the only 
not the only but the most effective stem cells so they're going to have to store these through cryogenics and they're going to have to have a bigger cryogenics program in order to create these clones and so when i was talking about resurrection before when we talk about resurrection when we talk about the christ resurrection is going to take on a whole new form you're going to be able to um, resurrect people um, through genetic cloning and so um, when we talk about cryptocurrency, now, before that, I was listening to this podcast by the gentleman called Magbitter Truth, and he was talking about, he, he talks a lot about, like, you can't get in or out of the world, and I, I agree with that. I don't care what shape the, or the earth takes. I would assume that it would look something more like um, anyway, I'm not going to say, <laughs> I don't want to get into that, but you know, um, he, you know, he doesn't believe that you can exit or enter the earth, but he did mention today, if I am not mis, um, mistaken, he was talking about consciousness and how your consciousness can escape the earth. So that brought me back to something, this idea that when you die, you're supposed to be able to escape the firmament when you die that's when your consciousness can escape what we know as the earth and then you become star matter again or light matter in what we believe is the space or in the great dark or whatever and that's the only way you can exit the earth is if you are um if you become stardust but with what's happening today is that people are being geotagged to the earth. So when you take these vaccines or genetic treatments, it's now for it's it's either doing two things. Now you've signed away your genetic, um, you've pretty much given away your genetic or your consciousness to certain people. And now if you were to die, your genes now <clears throat> contain this uh, tag, this that says it belongs to someone else. So even if you die, he was talking about uh, somewhere in Germany where people are allowed to get compassionate suicide or assisted suicide, they have to take the vaccine before they do that. And he was talking about how it doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense. The only reason why you would do that is because you want to, you don't want that person to escape. You don't want their consciousness to escape. Their consciousness now becomes owned and controlled. And I was talking about that, that consciousness is physical or is tied to your physical body. It's tied to the, to your, it's made of your blood and your hormones, your neurotransmitters and so on. And so if you have this um, genetic alteration done to your blood, then it becomes part of your consciousness. And even if you escape and you go out there, like imagine, imagine that the so-called conspiracy theorists are telling the truth and these things contain nanobots and, you know, you can tag people and, or, you know, like uh, put some type of whatever into their body and then track them okay there was even this experiment that they said that, that they were going to spray some non-toxic substances through the new york subway system just to track how this substance or tracks how viruses or substance uh bio the bioterrorism or whatever substances would travel through the city how fast it would take to spread or something like that 
So now imagine that somebody's about to die, you put the vaccine in them, and it does contain these substances. Now you're able to watch to see where they float off to. Now where you wouldn't be able to get into space, now you can, now you can exit. That's if you are, if you believe that people are able to escape or not to escape the earth. And, you know, I'm not, it's not something that I debate because there's no way of knowing that. The only way I've talked about that, the only way to enlightenment, the only way to know all is to become part of the all. And the only way to become part of the all is to die and escape this thing. And so there's no use in debating it because you never know until you know. And by the time you know, there's nobody to tell it to unless you want to come back and take on another form. Anyway, let me move on because I'm coming up to the hour and I'm trying to keep these under an hour. And so um, let's just talk quickly about this cryptocurrency and how it ties into this digital currency. And crypto has always been hidden. And um, when we talk about the hidden, we're talking about the occult. So we're talking about occult currency um, and unknown currency. And this is why, because this type of currency is going to be backed by the occult. It's going to be backed by the unknown and by blood and by the things that we can't even see. And people will not know. People will not know until after the systems have already been put in place. But we have been blessed and I mean that with um, by every definition of the word, to be, to have been able to live in this time where these systems are just being built, because I didn't understand how passports worked and birth certificates, and if I knew, I would never have signed up for them, or signed up my child for them. Um, and so now that I can see this new system emerging. I'm not prepared to sign on to it and it, it depends on how much I can control it and control these laws and um, contribute to the building of the new system. If we truly are building back better than everyone who wants to and has the, um, the wherewithal, and I don't mean the financial means, I mean the knowledge and understanding to build something like that should be able to participate and no one should be locked out of this. I was also watching, I've been watching some interesting YouTubers. I was watching a YouTuber called Dr. Mumbi and uh, she was talking about um, people stealing your creativity <clears throat> and they need you to build. And so I feel, I, I don't remember where I was going with that, <laughs> but um. Uh, right that um they're the africans or i don't remember what african country they were from but that they were locked out of this ai either a summit or some kind of conference and they weren't allowed to go and i would suspect that this whole thing that's supposedly coming out of africa and all these people being um all these countries being blocked from travel has something to do with um, science right now there are conferences and things going on in the world that these people are not allowed to go to and a lot of the times Africans are not allowed to um, participate in these things because they're actually experimenting with mel melanin and um, synthetic melanin and so how do you sit in a room with dark people and start talking about all these um, 
experiments you're doing with melanin. It's like, they're going to look at you like, where'd you get it? <laughs> and so, of course, they're being locked out. And I would, you know, it would be smart if African people would just create their own um, melanin symposiums or whatever, you know, their own little groups to talk about and to do their own research, literally not do their own research in the sense that but do their own actual um, science and scientific experiments and so on. And so let me just wrap this up by talking about this crypto is this dark occult currency that is unknown currency. And so a lot of people are going to be required to give up their melanin or their molecular money to participate in this new economy coming up. Now, um, I did forget to add, I, I wrote down empty DNA and I'm not sure why I did that. I hate when I do that. I just write, I never write down exactly what my, I note some words, but I don't make a point. <laughs> and so I have all these words on the page and I'm like, what was my point? Anyway, so I'm going to just talk quickly about empty DNA because what I was thinking about it, and then I'll maybe try to see how I can tie it back into this. But when they were giving the in injections, they were talking about, well, this cannot alter your DNA. There's no way because this thing, spike protein or whatever, cannot penetrate the DNA and the nucleus. And I'm like, right, but they keep saying that and they say it over and over and over and they make sure to say it cannot penetrate the um, nucleus of the cell. Well, DNA is contained in the mitochondria of the cell, which is outside of the nucleus. As you know, it's inside of the cytoplasm, this micro mitochondria. And so that is still left vulnerable. And I don't know because they haven't said how much it alters this DNA, but this DNA contains the secrets of the feminine and the female is who passes on this mitochondrial DNA. So if it is altered or it is left vulnerable and this thing can attack the mitochondrial DNA or to trans, even to transmit a message to the mitochondrial DNA. And, you know, they're talking about CRISPR and everything. Like what if they're able to implant a message into the mitochondrial DNA that kind of erases us from our past we know that there's an attack on the female. We know that these people have an obsession with getting into the female genome, um, trying to recreate life without her, to incubate life without her. And so I would not put it past them to create a type of substance or genetic um, uh, substance that can genetically alter the mitochondrial DNA to cut us off from all of the information. And so new babies who are born will not be able to get the information that's contained in that. They're talk too much about that um, DNA and the nucleus and all that. I'm like, yeah, I hear you talking about the nucleus and the DNA inside the nucleus, but I don't hear you saying that the mitochondrial DNA is um, secure or protected from all this. Mitochondrial DNA, however, does contain a lot of melanin. So I'm hoping that, you know, there's some protection there. But these are the reasons why I don't, I cannot get on board with anything is because if you're somebody who's a thinking person and who asks questions and you have a scientific mind, then you're not going to be so quick to say, oh, yeah, I want to participate. I want to be in this experiment. You would, you know, let people do the experiment. You know, I'm not stopping anyone from doing it, but it's, it would be, I would be insane. I would be crazy to willingly participate in that way as a, as a test subject. I mean, so DNA takes time to evolve. It takes uh, millions of years 
these people talking about billions of years, but it takes an unfathomable number of years, unfathom, unfathomable, <laughs> an uncountable number of years for us to imagine how long it has taken our genetic material to evolve and to be able to survive where it is, um, for the environment to evolve and to adapt to our presence here. It takes a lot of time for DNA and for biology, for viruses, bacteria, etc., to acclimate, etc., and evolve. And yet, now today, man is rushing this process. So introducing new living organisms that don't know how to adapt Whenever you introduce a new organism anywhere, its first instinct is to say, I want to survive here. That's the law of living organisms. All living organisms want to survive. All living organisms must reproduce to survive, and survival will always take precedence over reproduction. And so let's say you introduce a living organism into our bio, what do you call that? into the world. I can't, <laughs> it's late tonight. Um, I'll be posting this as soon as I finish it. So it is late. It's almost midnight. So anyway, it, if you, if you introduce this new species, this new humanoid into the world, its first instinct is going to be, I need to survive. It's not going to think, oh, let me fuck another humanoid. No, it's going to be, I'm going to murder everything I see that is not me. That's the first thing that they're going to do. They're going to think about their own survival and anything that's seen as a threat to their survival is going to have to get out of the way, right? And so I, <laughs> mother's nature, mother's cycle, nature's cycle requires patience and time to refine and to perfect herself, to refine and to sustain herself. And man's cycles, I said, are always rushed. They're, they're um, erratic uh, and reckless. And right now they're trying to rush the process of evolution because they're retarded enough to think that it all happens in a big bang and it doesn't. It's a very um, slow process. You know, that's when you have class, you know, you have to be refined. It takes time. Even it takes time for wine to become wine and beer to become beer. And, and that's just wine and beer. But if you're talking about an entire entity, a human thing, this is going to take some time. And, but these people want to rush and do things within. Anyway, if we're in a rush to anything, you know, rush to build a hospital that can hold about 2000 people. If you have a city of two million, right? It would make sense to do that. Instead of you having these ratchet hospitals and talking about, oh, the pandemic has taken so long because our hospitals are ratchet and can't hold people. You know, do that. Refine that. Refine the systems you have in place and then start fucking around with what Mother Nature already perfected herself. Like, oh man, it's just so ratchet. I thought I was going to wrap it up. So let me go ahead and do that. <laughs> so, you know, all of these um, attempts to rush this process is going to end badly. There is no way around that. It's going to end badly using a virus to infiltrate the human form for the sole purpose of connecting that human to a geno economy or a molecular economy. It's deceptive. Okay. And 
because it requires trust and time, this sneaky way of doing it, it's going to, I don't, if the next generation doesn't make it, if the human um, uh, species doesn't make it, then that's an oh well, you know, no matter how or which way I, I go or which way I leave this planet, you know, um, whether by force or by chance or, you know, by just as a result of the blatant retardations of these people, you know, no matter which way it goes, I understand why the mother did it. I understand why she took us all out because the way we're going, it doesn't seem like we have a right to be the guardians or to be, you know, the caretakers of this planet. It's just, we're not doing a good job at all. And so uh, moving into the new economy, I really do hope that um, there are some sensible, reasonable-minded people who are going to be able to participate in this thing. Otherwise, we get what we get. That is it for this one. Until the next one, take care of yourself.